0: Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. We left off Monday's episode with the prophet Elijah killing Jezebel's 450 prophets of Baal and then fleeing for his life, terrified of Jezebel. He flees south into the Negev and continues on all the way down into the Sinai Peninsula. Meanwhile, Ahab has troubles of his own. To the north, Aram, or modern-day Syria, is staging for war against not only the northern kingdom of Israel, but also the southern kingdom of Judah. And in a rare moment of cooperation, the kings of Israel and Judah, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, form an alliance to fight against Aram. So I put in the story today at 1 Kings, chapter 22, at verse 29. So the king of Israel, Ahab, and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, and this is just like Ahab, I will enter the battle in disguise. You wear the royal robes. Because in the battle, like in a chess game, when you take the king, the game's over. So, cowardly Ahab said, I'll dress in disguise. You wear the crown and the royal robe, so you be the target. The king of Israel disguised himself and went off into battle in that way. Now, the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. Go for the king. And when the chariots uh, When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, Oh, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, and they stopped pursuing him. They heard his southern accent. That's not him. But as the battle is raging, someone got down to the very last arrow, and there was no one to engage. So before reloading. He drew his bow at random, let go of that single arrow, off it went, and it hit Ahab, king of Israel, between the sections of his armor. I can imagine him raising his arm and shaking his fist, and the arrow went right in. The king told his chariot driver, wheel around, get me out of the fighting, I'll be wounded. All day long, the battle raged. Now, if you take the king, the battle's over. So they propped Ahab up in the chariot, tied him so he, he was upright, but he bled out onto the floor of the chariot. So as the chariot's careening back and forth, his body's flopping back and forth, still tied upright. I can imagine the scene. All day long, the battle raged. The king was propped up facing the Aramaeans. bled out right there in the chariot, And as the sun was setting, a cry spread through the army, every man to his town, everyone to his land. So the king died and was brought back to Samaria, and they buried him there. They washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria where the prostitutes bathed, and the dogs licked up his blood as the word of the Lord had declared. Remember what Elijah had said? The dogs will lick up your blood at the very place where Naboth was killed. And sure enough, that's what happened. As for the other events of Ahab's reign, including all he did, the palace he built and inlaid with ivory, the cities he fortified, well, they're written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel. Now, that's the end of Ahab. But Jezebel, Jezebel is still hunting elijah we turn now to second kings chapter 2 when the lord was about to take elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind elijah and elisha elisha will replace elijah as prophet they were on their way from gilgal and elijah said to elisha stay here the lord has sent me to bethel And Elisha, he said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went together to Bethel. Now the company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha, and they asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? And Elisha replied with tears in his eyes, Yes, please don't speak of it. And then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. He replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets of Jericho went up to Elisha. and said, Do you, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? <laughs> yeah, yes, I know. Please don't speak of it. And then Elijah said, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on to the Jordan River. Fifty men of a company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan River. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Remember when the Israelites came out of Egypt, chased by Pharaoh's army, and Moses held up his staff, and the Red Sea parted, and they crossed? And then when the Israelites, after their 40 years sojourn in the wilderness, when they crossed over into the land of Canaan, the promised land, the the high priest, along with the Ark of the Covenant and Joshua stepped into the Jordan River and it parted and they walked over. Now, Elijah and Elisha part the water as well. There's something about that place. And you know, that's the very place where John the Baptist will baptize Jesus later on in the New Testament. Really interesting place. So they crossed over. And Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? He replied, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. If, if You have pretty big shoes to fill, and I need a double portion of your spirit if I'm to do it. Oh, you've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, If you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. So as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared right out of the sky and separated the two, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind, in the chariot of fire. Elisha saw this. He cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. And then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah, struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it again divided to the right and left. And he crossed over on dry ground. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching, they said, oh, the spirit of Elijah is now resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and they bowed down to the ground before him. Look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Maybe that we saw that chariot of fire go over the, the, the mountains of Moab. Maybe he fell out. We can find him. No, Elisha replied, don't send them. They persisted until finally he was just too ashamed to refuse. So he said, all right, go send them. And they sent 50 men who searched three days, but they didn't find him. And when they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, I told you so. Well, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel, up into the central mountain range. And as he was walking along the road, some... Young hooligans came out of town and jeered at him. Go on up, you old bald head, they said. Go on up, you old bald head. They had seen the chariot of fire. And Elisha is bald. Go <laughs> on up, you old bald head. He turned around. He looked at them, called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and ate the 42 young hooligans and he went on up to Mount Carmel from there and returned to Samaria. I love that. Elisha, you think of him as such a a, a gentle man, and and he was, but call me old bald head, you get what's coming to you. (laughs) Well, Elijah is now gone. Ahab is now gone, but Jezebel remains. I turn over now to 2 Kings chapter 9. There is political and military chaos, people vying for power. And one of the generals in the army, Yehu, son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now, Joram and all Israel had been defending Ramoth-Gilead against Hazael, king of Aram, Syria. Still problems with Syria up north. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds the Arameans had inflicted on him in the battle with Hazael, king of Aram. Yehu said, if this is the way you feel, don't let anyone slip out of the city to go and tell the news in Jezreel. Then he got into his chariot. He rode to Jezreel because Joram was resting there and Ahaziah, king of Judah, had gone down to see him. So the alliance between Israel and Judah is still intact. And when the lookout standing on the tower in Jezreel saw Yehu's troops approach, approaching, he called out, I see troops. Get a horseman, Joram ordered. Send them to meet them and ask, do you come in peace? The horseman rode off to meet Yehu and said, This is what the king says. Do you come in peace? And Yehu replied, What do you have to do with peace? Fall in behind me. Uh-oh, trouble's brewing. The lookout reported, The messenger reached them, uh, But he's not coming back. So the king sent out a second horseman. And when he came to them, he said, This is what the king says. Do you come in peace? Yehu replied, What do you have to do with peace? Fall in behind me. The lookout on the walls reported, He reached them, but he's not coming back either. And then, adjusting the binoculars, he said, The lead chariot, the driving's like that of Yehu's son of Nimshai. He drives like a madman. Hitch up my chariot, Joram ordered. And when it was hitched up, Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, rode out, each in his own chariot, to meet Yehu. So we have a man coming in with an army, the two kings of north and south together. They met at the plot of ground that had belonged to Naboth, the Jezreelite. Remember Naboth? When Joram saw Yehu, he said, Have you come in peace, Yehu? Yehu replied, "How can there be peace as long as all the idolatry and witchcraft of your miserable mother Jezebel abound?" Joram turned about and fled, calling out to Ahaziah, "Treachery, Ahaziah! Treachery!" Then Yehu drew his bow and shot Joram between the shoulders. The arrow pierced his heart. He slumped down in his chariot. Yehu said to Bidkar, his chariot officer. Pick him up and throw him on the field that belonged to Naboth the Jezreelite. Remember how you and I were riding together in chariots behind Ahab, his father, when the Lord made this prophecy about him? Yesterday I saw the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, declares the Lord, but I will surely make you pay for it on the plot of ground, this plot of ground, declares the Lord. Now then, pick him up, throw him on that plot in accordance with the word of the Lord. And when Ahaziah, king of Judah, saw what happened, He fled up the road to Beth Hagan. Yehu chased him, shouting, Kill him too! They wounded him in his chariot on the way up to Gur near Ibliam. But he escaped to Megiddo, and there he died. His servants took him by chariot to Jerusalem and buried him with his fathers in the tomb in the city of David. In the eleventh year of Joram, son of Ahab, Ahaziah had become king. Of Judah. So Yehu kills both kings of the northern kingdom Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. He's feeling pretty good right about now. So Jehu, uh, Yehu went to Jezreel, and when Jezebel heard about it, she's holed up there in Jezreel in the palace. She hears about the two kings being killed. So what is she going to do? Now, quite a bit of time has passed. At one point, she was quite a stunning beauty. But now, she's a rather unattractive older woman. But when she heard what happened, and Yehu was on the way, Jezebel painted her eyes, arranged her hair, put on lipstick, and I picture her looking just like Betty Davis in Baby Jane. As Yehu entered the gate, she was looking out the window. She asked, batting her eyes, Have you come in peace, Zimri, you murderer of your master? You're just my kind of guy. He looked up at the window. She's up in the third story. (laughs) And he said, Who's on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him. Yehu said, Throw her down. So (laughs) they tossed her out the window. Splat! Some of her blood splattered the wall and the horses as they trampled her Underfoot. So they toss her out of the third story window. She hits the ground and breaks open like a ripe watermelon, and Yehu drives his cherry back and forth over top of her. Then Yehu went in and ate and drank. He ate her dinner. And finally, when he had finished, he wiped his mouth and he said, Take care of that, take care of that cursed woman and bury her. She's a king's daughter, after all. But when they went out to bury her, They found nothing except her skull, her feet, and her hands. They went back, they told Yehu, who said, Ah, this is the word of the Lord that he spoke through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. On the plot of ground at Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be like trash on the ground in the plot at Jezreel. So no one will be able to say, This is Jezebel. In the end, Jezebel became dog poop. Don't you just love that story? (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of Wednesday and the story of the vile, loathsome, despicable woman, Jezebel. Friday, we'll meet an even worse woman, Athaliah. Oh, just wait. See you then, gang. Bye-bye.